All right then. So, so good. Love that song. It's powerful. Uh, we're going to jump into the first component of the word today. We're continuing our series, uh, Praying with Fire. And um, last week we started talking about the area of discipline and we're going to continue that this week before moving on next week to the next area of prayer that we're going to address. Um, but before I do, a little disclaimer. I'm going to read a portion of scripture that I think could potentially offend you. It would offend me if someone was reading it to me. Um, and the writer of Hebrews is writing this, um, and I believe it's Paul that's writing it, to encourage the saints to what the gain in their Christian walk. And I think for those of us who are on the lazy boy of Christianity, um, chilling out, um, just living in the comfort zone, not really pushing um, the edge or anything like that, I think this is a great kind of uh, passage of, and portion of scripture that should uh, serve to really kick us up the bum. Okay, so the writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews 5 verse 11. He says, there's much more we'd like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. It's a scathing, a scathing kind of verse, isn't it, for the church to read. Just imagine the excitement of uh, the church, the early church gathering to read this letter uh, that was delivered to encourage them in the faith. And this is something that you hear. Like, I'd like to talk more about some deep matters, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You know, I think sometimes we're guilty of that as the church. We, we become dull to the things of God. We become mm, dull yeah. Yeah. to the voice of his spirit. And we become, um, you know, desensitized to what God is saying. And um, he actually goes on in verse 12. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Mm. Like, I think that's just so interesting. Like, uh, I think about the fact that when Jesus called his disciples, they, they walked with Jesus for three years. But even before Jesus died, rose again and ascended to the right hand of the Father, Jesus on a couple of occasions had empowered them and commissioned them to go in twos, in groups of 72 and all this kind of stuff, to, to go and proclaim the, the kingdom of God is at hand. Um, and so we see actually it doesn't take long before we get to a place, walking with God, where we become in, where we attain the position where we should be bringing a sense of teaching and instruction to people. And this writer of Hebrews is saying, listen, you've been believers for so long now, you ought to be teaching others. But listen to this. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about mm, God's yeah. word. And uh, don't be offended. Well, if you are offended, it's good cause to be offended at something like this. This is the word of God piercing your heart. Yeah. Um, I feel deeply challenged by this. I feel like this verse is actually for me. Like literally, you know, Dom, by now you should be so much more further on in your walk with God you should be you, you should be past some of the basic things you mm. should be yeah. uh, experiencing my presence in more powerful ways in more in more yeah, you should be experiencing a greater measure of anointing on your life and on your ministry but then the writer of Hebrews continues you are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food Ouch. right Ouch, my gosh. Like, Richard, I just think this is a word for you today, brother. Oh, yeah. I, just, uh, I, I feel, yeah, I feel like, mate, you, you're still on the milk, but God wants you on the solid food. It. <laughs> it's pretty heavy, right? And verse 13, yeah, yeah. for someone who lives on milk, he's still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Yeah. Yeah. Verse 14, solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right yeah. and wrong. Mm. Like, there's, there's this sense that when babies are drinking milk, it's kind of cute. 
but you expect them to, uh, I guess, uh, move to the next level of yeah. maturity, to the yeah. place where they start throwing it at their face <laughs> with a spoon, and then eventually the spoon finds their mouth, and then they, yeah. they progress from mushed up food. Eventually, Richard, you'll get yeah. there. From mushed up food no, I've gone back. to <laughs> something you prefer. Hey, Don't give it, yeah. <laughs> Don't give me something good like lasagna. Give me porridge or some <laughs> nest. Yes, please. You know, give me ready breath. Not even porridge. Yeah. Even porridge is too mature. Yeah. Give me ready breath. <laughs> you know, that actually, the, the writer of Hebrews is exhorting the saints. Listen, guys, like we've been following Jesus so long now. We should be moving forward in the faith. We should be yeah. growing up. Yeah, we should so be good. moving from the baby food to the solid stuff. And there's this okay. word just hidden there that solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong through training training is the word that i want us to think about because it's closely linked to the word discipline uh, training means to undergo discipline and the actual greek word for that word is gymnasio which is obviously where we get the word gymnasium and gym and it's kind of interesting because for those of you who um well probably for all of us at some point we've joined a gym and one of the first things we think about doing is I want to get fit and I want to get strong and I want to get muscly. I remember kind of when I joined LA Fitness back in the day with like Scott and Adam Clark and all that kind of stuff years ago. And uh, you, you had this pre-gym session where they're trying to work out what your personal objectives are. And you sit down with an instructor and they say, what is it that you want to achieve in the next few months? And basically, I said, I, I want to look like Arnie, basically. That's, that's, that's the goal. I want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And they say, well, okay, that's a tall order. And he says, it's all right, I'll be back, is what I said. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and it's kind of funny, isn't it? Because, like, the first thing you do is oh. when you join a gym is you think, you, you, go, you, you just go full on. You go aggressive after the objective. You, you know, you'll go on the treadmill and you'll, you'll look the incline to this height. And the, the funny thing is you go, you go to the weights and here we go, here's some weights. Is I remember going on the bench press, all right? And the bench press is a thing that works the chest where you put big weights either side of the bar and just loading it up because in my haste to become like Arnie, in my haste to become strong, I thought the way you do that is by really pushing yourself and killing yourself in order to get there. And so you load up the dumbbell bar with weights like this and you stand in the gym and you're kind of one, two, three. And obviously I could go on, but for the sake of the talk, I won't go on. And you feel the weight and you feel the 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 labor and the toil that it is to make that happen and you may go to the gym what day one day two day three but eventually there is no life in it because ultimately what you're doing is you're loading the bar so much in your aspiration to become physically fit and strong that you are actually demotivating yourself because you think is this ever going to get easier and actually what the gym instructors teach you to do i know you can't see me right now but i'm coming back up is to actually start with just the bar, right? Good. To actually do more reps, but just kind of lower weight. This You're idea that- with the bar. You're right, To be honest, I did just yeah. come out. This <laughs> is bad on. news. I was gonna use Caleb for this part of the talk, but I thought, no, I'm gonna do it, right? Um, and the thing is, bringing repetition to lesser weights means that over time, as you start building up, 
Yeah. You actually increase yeah, your good. muscle and you start yeah. growing more because actually the key to physical right. fitness and physical strength isn't about loading up heavy weights at the beginning. It's just about consistent, repetitive patterns that lead to transformation, right? right? So we don't start by loading up the bar both ends thinking that if I just do this every day, then I'm going to get strong. Actually, what you're going to do is you're going to trip over and you're going to hurt yeah. yourself. Actually, to start easy and come in understanding, and this is what I think really the writer of Hebrews is getting at, that actually the mature people who have undergone training, they've undergone yeah. this gym experience, this disciplining this yeah. this idea that they they didn't just rock up being able to pray pray anointing prayers they didn't just rock up with um with gifts of the spirit just kind of overflowing from their lips yeah. actually yeah. they 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 undergone years of training of repetitive practices and patterns that had prepared them for public breakthroughs okay yeah. um and it's really important that we understand that because another thing that paul says let me just open up this here another thing that paul says somewhere oh here we go in 1 timothy to to a young leader right timothy in 1 timothy 4 7 16 he says do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives tales in other words don't waste time don't waste your life kind of getting caught up in theological arguments and kind of godless myths but he says instead he says train yourself to be godly again discipline like put yourself in the spiritual gym Train yourself to be godly. And then he compares the two. He says, physical training is good. Like, it's a good thing to do. Like, it's actually a good thing for us to be in a habit of exercise. It's not a vain thing. It's not a superficial thing. God wants you to look after your body. It's the temple of the Lord. But he says, instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Why? Because it promises benefits in the life now and also in the life to come. Mm, it's better for you physically to be spiritually fit than physically fit. Yeah. yeah, it's true. There's actually benefit to you right now today in being spiritually fit because it doesn't just live for the duration of your life on earth. It actually yeah. it actually moves you to the next level uh, when we yeah. would go to be with the Father, right? And verse 9, this is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle. For our hope is in the living God, who is the saviour of all people and particularly of all believers. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. This is Paul encouraging Timothy. Yeah. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say and in the way you live, in your love, your faith and your purity. Until I get there... Focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. So Paul is saying to Timothy, listen, your age is not an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. For any young person watching or any old person watching, maybe you think you're not quite there yet or maybe you think you've passed it. Mm. Listen, you should still be living your life with some practices and some habits yeah. that are an example to other yeah. believers. Um, and he says, in the way you live, in the way you love. And tell you, focus on reading scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you receive through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourselves into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. Keep a close right. eye on how you live and how you teach. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Paul is really exhorting this young leader. He's saying, listen, like be an example to those who look to you, right? 
And the way that you do that is by continuing to struggle. The way you do that is by committing to habits and disciplines and training yeah, to the public reading of scripture, doing some right. basic things repetitively that, that really set a bar, set an example for people. And, um, yeah. you know, I was just thinking just before we go into another worship song, that like when you read through, uh, and we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, when you read through the Gospels and you see Jesus um, really just developing and nurturing this habit of prayer and seeking the Father, where he would go off to quiet, solitary places, where he would go off in the night and seek the Lord on the mountainside. It, it was, he never did those things because he was trying to solve a problem. Mm. He, he did those things because he so longed for the presence of God. Yeah. And when he came from that space, Good. he then could address the problem that came before him. So his prayer was never driven by an issue of crisis ever. It was just this lifeline with the Father that became so yeah. habitual and so normal that it was his only response that really, uh, really set the precedent for his life. He says, "I only see what I what I, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only speak what I hear the Father saying." How did he know those things? Be because he was in that place of yeah. of yeah. of quietness, of solitary. Um, you know, just seeking the Lord in the quiet place. Um, and I, I, I just really want to challenge us just from the outset today as we continue to unpack this idea of disciplines and training our spiritual kind of muscle. Um, ultimately, that it's not about the public displays of prayer, right? Jesus yeah. wasn't really into that. It's more about the hidden stuff that is just more of a daily habit way of living. Yeah. Paul says, he says... Um, pray without ceasing that we should be constantly in this posture of prayer yeah. and the only other thing that we do that doesn't cease is breathing you know as soon as you stop breathing it's yeah. bad news it's bad news for you right and Paul's yeah, saying pray, praying should be as effortless and as normal and as consistent we're not talking about lofty prayers in fact Jesus says don't keep babbling on when you're praying like the pagans do expecting that by their lengthy sentences like God's going to be like mm, that's impressive I'm now going to answer yeah. the prayer it's about nurturing and cultivating a genuine real walk yeah. with God and that isn't found in the amount of time that you commit to and out of burden think oh, if I do 10 minutes a day 11 minutes tomorrow and 12 minutes then Jesus's love is going to grow for me as the week progresses but rather it's just this sense that like I know that prayer is a lifeline yeah. I know that prayer uh, won't may not necessarily change my circumstances immediately but it is going to change something in me yeah. so that when I yeah. come back into crisis when I come back into circumstances I'm going to come with a sense of of God's thinking. I want to come. I want to see things in a new way. Um, and it all emanates from this training mentality. It all emanates from this disciplining mentality. We come, we come into the presence of God, yeah. not because yeah. we have to, but because actually we want to become spiritually fit and we want yeah. to be ready to take on life and really go after it. Louise was saying in forethought on Friday as we concluded it, that wonderful passage where it says, since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God has been forcefully advancing and the violent lay hold of it. You know, the kingdom of God isn't realized by passive, apathetic yeah, yeah, believers true. that aren't committed to a life of discipline. The kingdom of God is advanced by uh, believers, uh, followers of Christ, deciding okay. this is my moment. I'm not yeah. going to throw away my shot, yeah. as Hamilton would say. But, you know, I, I just really want to provoke that in you before we get into a conversation with Richard. And uh, as we do that, and as we prepare for that conversation, I really want to challenge you to do business with God at home where you yeah. are. Um, we're we're going to do a song here again. 
And it's a great song that just really declares this, I'm not enough unless you come, will you meet me here again? Because prayer isn't just a cold thing where we throw up words to the sky, but it's a place where we know more the heart of the Father towards us. And uh, I really just want to challenge you in this moment, do business with God and say, Lord, I want to pray. Lord, I want to know you more. And I know that the the way, the access to your presence is through prayer. And so, Lord, I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here? Meet me here again. So let's great song. Love that song so much. Yeah. Always ministers to me. Yeah. Here again. Not it's enough. And the first question I have for you so good. on the back of that is, do you like my shirt? I mean, I don't want to say I do. I don't want to say I don't. But I know that Robert Mugabe has been ringing the whole morning going, can I get my shirt back? So come on, man. So Robert, if you still want to contact Dom, um, pal. This Office at sunnyhill.church and we'll forward the message on. Right, this is the, Mother Teresa would definitely wear this any day. I'm oh, telling yeah. you that. Right, okay, well, we're, we're talking about disciplines, habits. Um, Great. And this morning kind of prefaced this conversation around this idea of going to the gym and building yeah. muscle by the repetitive um, uh, strain, I guess, yeah. of doing weights and stuff. Um, but it's actually like... It's easier said than done, isn't it? Creating disciplines and habits is easier said than done because we all go around with the vision. Like, how important is the vision to the establishing of habits? And when I talk about vision, I'm not necessarily talking about church vision. Talking about, like, if we want to be a praying giant, how important is it to get a clear vision before we commit to a course of discipline? Yeah, I I think it's such a good question because personal vision is really what begins to move us towards wanting to do the habit. Okay. I think a lot of times the problem with personal vision is we think if I have the vision, it will happen. Uh, That's not true, actually. The vision is there to go, okay, this is what I'm striving for. This is what I'm working towards. This is what I'm aiming at. Now, what do I need to practically start doing to intentionally move myself towards it? And I think if you don't have the vision, what happens is is you're aiming at nothing yeah. and so you end up just like um, living your life kind of aimlessly yeah. there is no intentionality around it but when you have a clear vision and you go this is what i'm aiming for you can now start to work towards it yeah. so i think even when it comes to going to the gym or working out yeah. are, are you trying to lose weight yeah. are you trying to get buff yeah. are you trying to be super fit yeah. those small things will actually change what your workout routine looks like yes um you have to work out differently to lose weight than if you're trying to pack on muscle yeah. and if you're trying to be fit that looks different to just, just from using weight. Yeah, yeah 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 i mean i do all three in one big combined go <laughs> what, what's your what's your gym <laughs> yeah, mansion then? I'd, yeah, I'd like to know what, yeah, yeah. what is your yeah. end goal so my end goal at gym <laughs> Basically, when I start gym, it's if I get through today and I'm not collapsing on the floor needing cardiac arrest, it's a good gym day. So I keep the bar at that level and I go in with a really clear vision of just get through this without dying. And if I come out the back end, I'm all good. Well, you know what? For those who are watching, you, you know, if, if you've not been a Christian long or maybe you're not been a Christian today, we love the fact that you're tuning in on yeah. whatever platform you're tuning in on. Um, vision is a word we use a lot in church Uh, I think the best working definition for the term vision when we're talking about vision we're talking about a picture of the future that creates excitement in you right so so what we're talking about when we're talking about vision is obviously sometimes that can be God-given it can be a God-given dream for the future but actually you know when we're in talking about the the formation of our family habits 
we're, we're not just waiting for God to give us a picture of the family. It's like, actually, what kind of family, what kind of kids do we want to raise? Yeah. Yeah. You know, me and Louise, we have three so boys, good. and we think, what kind of guys do we want? Well, we want guys who are going to make great husbands. Yeah. Okay, now we can destruct that, destruct that, deconstruct that, that. Yeah. you know, and think, okay, what does a good husband look like? Now, what we can begin to do is begin good. to simmer down this yeah. idea of, here's the vision, now here's some of the disciplines that we need to institute. I, I think that's a great point. Mm-hmm. I, I think that this is for me, where us beginning to get more intentional in our thinking and how we're building our lives becomes crucially important. Yeah. 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 So what I think you have is I think you've got your big kind of vision. This is the picture of the future you're building towards. This is where you look and you go, these are the kind of boys I want. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of husband I want to be, or wife yeah. I want to be. This is the kind of family I want. This is how I want my health to be or my finances. And beyond that, this is how I want my spiritual life to be. And I think that what you have to now do is go, okay, if if this is the ideal and this is where I am right now, I'm not just going to be able to jump from this to this. This is the helpful picture of the weights. So good. You're never going to take like all of those weights and start to go, cool, I'm just going to do these reps. What you have to do is go, okay, what what is the first step I need to do? And what's the second step that I need to do? Yeah. And actually, I think it can go beyond this. So we may look and go, I'm right now in the um, Praying with Fire series. Yeah. You could look and go, the vision I have is if I could just do 20 minutes of prayer every day. Yeah. That, that's what I'm building towards. Yeah. Amazing. 20 minutes of prayer every day might mean that right now you're going, I need to do my first step is five minutes. Yeah. And even that in and of itself, I think you should be breaking down. Yeah. Okay, well, what would minute one look like? Yeah. And what would minute two look like in minute three and minute four and minute five? Okay. And the reason why I think that we should do that is if we don't go in with a plan and yeah. you're anything like me, what happens is, is I come in going, I'm going to do five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what am I going to do for these five minutes? Yeah. Oh, look, five minutes has passed because I've yeah. been thinking about what to do for the five minutes yeah. rather than coming in and going, Minute one, I'm going to just thank God for the things I have. Yeah. And I'm going to spend my first minute being thankful. Yeah. I'm going to spend my second minute praying for other people. Yeah. Um, praying for my family, praying for my friends, praying for people around me. I'm going to spend my third minute maybe praying about world issues that are going on. Yeah. I'm going to spend my fourth minute just saying to God that he's amazing. Yeah. And I'm going to spend my fifth minute just saying, God, this is my struggle right now. Yeah. Even building that little plan in means kind of when I go in for my five minutes. Okay, I've done five minutes. But also quite quickly, I go, wow, minute one of gratitude may be coming two or three minutes now. And I can begin to build up. And I think this this intentional breakdown is how we begin to move on. Because that five minutes, when it becomes ten minutes, shows us now we've also learned a new discipline. Which is, this is how I'm intentionally planning my 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, good. And this is how I'm going to do... And eventually you hit your 20 minutes and also your 20 minutes are meaningful, they're intentional, you know what you're doing. And I think that this is one of the big struggles between the vision and the reality of where we are is the planning we need to build to actually get us to a point. But, and um, this is kind of the other thing, is I think that this moves. Okay. So I think you hit 20 minute vision, you can't go, cool, I'm there. I've done 20 minute vision. The yeah. question is, what's the new vision? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what's the new yeah. prayer vision once you've got 20 minutes? Is it 30 minutes a day? Yeah. And then the process actually begins again. Well, if my 20 minutes is broken down like this, 
Yeah. What would 22 minutes look like? Yes. And 23 yeah. minutes. So yeah. I think that the vision moves as you achieve it. It yeah. actually moves and it's not kind of a fixed thing. Um, and I also think that if you're not doing this intentional planning, it's hard to live with that kind of intentionality. And I think that this could apply to anything, your finances, your health, your kids, how you want to be a parent, how you want to be a husband or a wife or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, how you want to be a friend. This process applies. Yeah. yeah. Um, Josh, Josh has got a great question here. He's saying, what, what, what do you happen when, like the, where's it saying? What do you happen when the motivation kind of dwindles and you just lose motivation? Yeah. For the vision, like because you're maybe not seeing the fruit you want to see. Uh, I think that well, I think a few things around that. I think what we think is um, willpower will just get us through, mm -hmm. and actually willpower won't get us through. Yeah, right. Normally, willpower is a great catalyst to get us started. Yeah. What we have to do is we need levels of accountability. Yeah. So what right. we were speaking about last time, yeah. we need people who are holding us to what we've committed to. Yeah. Um, people you'll listen to, like I was saying last week, don't be accountable to people you don't care about. Yeah. That's a meaningless yeah. um, venture. But people who you listen to can help kind of keep you motivated. I think looking for the rewards yeah. that would work well for you. Yeah. Um, reward is so important. Uh, and it's, it's actually not a unbiblical thing for us mm -hmm. to have. Mm -hmm. I, I think that all the time God wants to bless us and he works in blessing. And it's not like he's going, well done, you've done some good things. Let me give you mm -hmm. something. Yeah. But I think that as things begin to move in our lives, God looks and goes, yeah, enjoy that. Yeah. Enjoy that. You've worked hard in the discipline. Now enjoy that. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of a cheat day when it comes to um, building healthy eating habits. Yeah. Uh, every day for me is a cheat day. I'm always <laughs> rewarding myself. Yeah. You do the reverse. Yeah, I do the reverse. Six yeah, cheat six days. cheat days. And in one, <laughs> like, I'm not going to cheat today. But so actually, step one it's McDonald's, yeah. day two, Burger King, day three, what is it, Taco? Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah, Taco Bell. Like, I, I think that actually, it's it, cheat day is a great reward. Okay. Like, for a lot of people, and it really motivates them to stay on the path. Okay. I know a day is going to come when I actually can have my McDonald's if I'm really craving it. Yeah. And so I can keep sticking to the path so I am now. So, pushing that then, pushing that, right? Yeah. Because we're not talking about diets. No. We're talking about prayer. Yes. What does a cheat day in prayer yeah. look like? So, well, I, I think that what happens interestingly in prayer is the cheat day doesn't become about not doing it. Yeah. A cheat day could be looking and going, wow, I've been praying for this for a while. Look at what God has done. Okay. And all of a sudden there's a reward in that okay. that motivates us to keep going. Uh, yeah. But I think what yeah. we do is we, because we're not intentional in how we break down our prayer, yeah. What we're looking at is we're kind of going, God, bring about world peace. Now, I would love it if we turn the TV and there was peace across the world. Yeah, yeah. And this could be a lack of faith, but I kind of expect to turn the TV on tomorrow yeah. and then not to be world peace. Yeah. But also, it's the craziest thing when you sit and you look and you go, God, just let me not lose my temper with my kids right now. Yeah. They're really like getting on, on, on my case and let me yeah. not do that. Yeah. And you come to the back end of the day and you go, oh, I didn't lose my temper with my kids. Yeah. That, that's no less significant yes. than world peace. Yeah. Like yeah. you prayed and God home answered peace. you. Home peace. Home peace. Home peace. <laughs> you prayed and God answered. And I think, but it's really interesting because I, I was thinking about this the other day for myself. I think I miss all the time God answering my prayers because yeah. I'm not this intentional in okay. what I do. Yeah, okay. So it's not that there's no reward. I'm missing the rewards that yeah. God's bringing in where he's going, okay. the big thing you're praying for, I'm at work on it still. But this small thing, I've done yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. But because I'm so focused always on the big thing, 
and miss the small things that well, God's on. Well, can I, I mean, as, like, let's just play a skeptical yeah, yeah. here. Right? Go for it. This feels so unspiritual. Like, like it totally makes sense if we're talking about something more carnal. And by yeah. carnal, I mean something that's more desirable to the flesh, right? But surely it's like forcing yourself to worship. Surely is there not something fundamentally wrong in our walk with God if we feel like we can only do five minutes of prayer a day, right? Yeah, uh, growing up in church, this has been one of my central struggles and probably has formed a lot of of what I think was this idea of this is so not filled with faith. Mm. Surely God should just do it. Surely I should want to just read my Bible. I should want to just pray. As a Christian, why would I not just want to talk to God all the time? Yeah. And I don't know the answer to that, except I don't. Yeah. And that's just the honest truth of it. Yeah. And I don't always want to read my Bible. Yeah. And I'm not too sure if it's a heart issue. Yeah. I think it's a human issue. Yeah. It's yeah. a, this is just a human issue. I love my wife. I know I love my wife. She'll be pleased. She will be pleased to find that, to out. Find that out if she's been wondering. But I don't always want to do everything my wife wants to do. Yeah. Now, actually, the, 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 the reverse of that should be true. Well, if you love your wife, surely whatever she says, you just want to do. And, and logically, it makes sense to me. Yeah, reality, it's, yeah. it's not it. And I don't think that it's a love issue. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a human issue. Yeah. Um, and I think that inbuilt into us as humans is laziness, yeah. apathy. Yeah. These aren't great things. But if we're not taking control of our life, we're not driving. And I also think that um, God is deeply concerned with these mundane things at times. Yeah. Um, uh, there's an interesting story in the Bible where, where Jesus goes to heal um, Jairus' daughter. And it's an amazing story where all these people are mourning and they're like, why are you bothering him? And Jesus says, kick all of them out the room, tell them to go away. And Which is your kind prays. of pastoral yeah, approach. Yeah, my, my pastoral approach. Everyone get out. Yeah. Even if you have the you pastoral issue, get out. Get out. <laughs> and Jesus goes and he, 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 he um, prays for her. And he brings her back to life. Yeah. What an amazing story. And I was thinking, it, what would the next phase be if you were Jesus in that? Surely it would tell be everyone. run out and tell everybody how amazing this is. Share the gospel. Millions are going to get saved. But in the story, Jesus doesn't do that. What he does is he goes and he, and he has the thing. Even if that's the visioned outcome, what he tells them to do next, get her some food. Mm-hmm. C- can there be anything more mundane than that? Yeah. Not go and tell anyone, not even go out to the people who were saying, look, leave, her, leave Jesus alone, she's dead, and go kind of be all like, told you so. Yeah. Not any of that. <laughs> He's all, the next thing you should do is get her some fruit. Yeah. And, and it's kind of like, is this a non-spiritual thing? No, it's, it, it's a deeply spiritual thing. Yeah. It's just not exciting. It's not mm. like, yay, this is what's happening. Yeah. And, and so for me, I think this is a deeply spiritual move. I think us being people who discipline our lives actually becomes a response to the faith we have in God. Yeah. And faith is this catalyst driving us. Mm. It's actually looking and going, God, I'm so serious about wanting to pray yeah. that I'm going to build a discipline in yeah. my life to help me to pray. Yeah. Because I really do love you and because you love me, I want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And not just sitting back going, well, God, if you want me to pray, make me pray. Yeah, no, yeah. no, God, I want to pray because yeah, I love so you. So good, so good. So I'm going to build it in. I mean, incidentally, I love the fact that your favorite miracle is the one where Jesus says, give this person yeah. some food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give this person That's my life verse. So some people have verses for their I'm, lives. I'm with you, it's man. my life verse. That's my life verse. <laughs> what has Jesus called you to? Jesus is telling everyone around me, give me food. 
I was dead, but now I'm alive. Yeah, feed me. Feed me. <laughs> feed me. You know, I, what I would add also to that is if the, if the accusation is this isn't spiritual, I would say everything's spiritual. Yeah. And we are, right. we are the product of our habits. Yeah. So for us to say that creating an intentional prayer rhythm would be to miss what we've been really going after over the yeah. last few weeks. Because for me, like, okay, fine. Is watching Netflix a spiritual habit? Actually, it is because it affects your spirit. It affects yeah. your soul, right? Is is engaging in gossip um, a spiritual habit? It's deeply spiritual. Yeah, right. Like, we, we wouldn't associate it with groaning God, but we certainly associate it with, you know, backsliding yeah. being a traditional term, but rather more like living subject to the flesh rather than the spirit. And Paul talks about this. Yeah. He's saying, listen, there's this, there's this desire in me. I want to do this, but I don't do this because there's this resistance within me that actually the only way that we can win the battle between spirit and flesh, it, there is only habit, right? So there good. is only discipline because without it, if we're just waiting for what I call a Willy Wonka moment yeah. where there's this golden ticket in our chocolate bar and now we inherit this estate of chocolate goods, so good. it's, it's not reality because the reality is actually, the vision is the chocolate battery. Okay, what have I got right now? I've got a kitchen. Yeah. Okay, so how do I start moving towards the vision? Yes. So actually getting absolutely clinical with the vision yes. and i think this would be a great exercise for you to do at home yeah what does the prayerful version of you look like in five years time so good and i would start to put real tangible kind of measures against that yeah i'd say i'd like it that when i pray for people they sense the presence of god so good yeah. so like why not why yeah. not actually i'm expecting to hear testimony i really felt god great. when you prayed for me or healing like i expect to see healing in fact yeah. james says the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective so let me say that again. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective, which means, okay, one of the one of the attributes of a person that gets effective prayer is someone who lives righteously. Yeah. Okay, let's cook that back. Yeah. What does righteous living look like? Yeah, you so know? good. Yeah. And, and, and I think there's two things out of that that I would want to jump on. The first is this idea that we should stack habits on each other. Okay. It's the easiest way to build them. Okay. So... Um, Let's say you are like, so I know you're hitting the treadmill, like getting onto the treadmill every day. Mm -hmm. Really, really good. That's a habit that you yeah. build in. Yeah. Well, if you then attach, let's say my praying to yeah. the treadmill. Yeah. So when I'm on the treadmill, if that's for 14 minutes, mm -hmm. I'm going to spend that time praying. Yeah. So you stack this prayer habit onto the treadmill habit. Yeah. Yeah. So now what happens is, is these two habits actually become accountable to each other. Great. So. While I'm on the treadmill, I'm going to pray. And yeah. there's a rhythm in that that triggers something in your brain as you build it. Yeah. But then there's times when you go, I don't feel like being on the treadmill, yeah. but I know I need to pray. Yes. So i got to get on the treadmill. So and I don't want to pray, but I'm on the treadmill. So what I need to do while I'm on the treadmill is praying. And when we start to build stacks on our habits as these disciplines, it really helps to not reinforce, just reinforce them, but also to carry them so through. Good. So but good. interestingly, even hitting the treadmill, you've got to break it down. Yeah. Hitting the prayer, you've got to break it down. Yeah. If you're going to be praying for 40 minutes on a treadmill, what do those 40 minutes yeah. look like? Yeah. And what are you going to be doing over those 40 minutes? But by stacking them up and building them in that way, and this becomes a thing. So I want to pray, but now I need to build a pattern of righteousness. Yes. Okay. These become accountable to each other. Yeah. Yeah. What does a pattern of righteousness in my, in my life look like? Brilliant. And I think you're building it. The other thing I wanted to say is actually really interesting. It's something I was reading about when they were writing laws in America, they, they, they were looking at all of these huge issues that was going on around the country and going, yeah. how will we address these? And what they worked out is, is if they started to address the smaller things, the bigger things started to come into line. Yeah. Yeah. And instead of going, we're going to make just laws about the big things, 
what we're really going to focus on is the small things. Mm -hmm. So a lot of countries, when they brought the law of jaywalking, so you can't just cross the road wherever you like and do whatever, and you get fined for it. People were up in arms about it, but they saw when they began to do those in those countries, the bigger crimes began to decrease. Yeah. And it's an interesting principle for our lives. Yeah. When I'm looking at the bigger things that I need to deal with because I'm not doing it, oftentimes it's not just going, okay, now I need to try and all of a sudden do this. But if I deal with the smaller things, slowly right. as I build, it's going to yeah. begin to help me and bring these bigger things into alignment. And so I think that by stacking up the habits and intentionally building yeah. through a disciplined way, mm. you can be a person who's praying, for 40, 50, 60, 70 minutes a day. Yeah. You can be a person who's reading their Bible. Yeah. You can be a person who's living with intentionality, seeing God use you powerfully. And I think that because I honestly believe God believes that you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not starting with going, let's see if this works out. He's going, you can do it. Mm. So, so begin to build it. So good. This is the journey of like life. So yeah. It's really good, Richard. Really good. And um, some, someone just commented, I'm just trying to make sense of the question here. But let me just try and if God says that we have a spirit of discipline yeah. and self-control, then we need to think and say that we have a spirit of discipline and self-control. If you will see yourself the way he sees you in brackets finished, then you will become what he says you are. Um, and then I can't see the rest of it. But I think it's this idea of clarifying your identity in Christ, getting a clear so picture good of the finished version of you, even though you're not there yet, because it says that God um, will complete what he starts, yeah. you know, that actually we are a work in progress. So if we do slip up, it doesn't change yeah. the vision that God has for our future, yeah. right? It's just about, and you know, I was thinking about what you're just talking about, habit stacking. Like, so one of the things I do on the cross trainer, try to read through the Bible in a year scenario. And what's really hard with it is because I do an audible version of the Bible with reading on my iPad and it's all kind of just happened so I can just concentrate on exercising whilst taking that in, is that the temptation is, oh, I've got my iPad, I've got the internet, and there's a cricket test on today, Yeah, you know, is to all of a sudden assert something into that habit. So, it, you know, it is that ongoing checking, check and balance, isn't it, where you are constantly yes. trying to just... Any advice for people trying to do that? How do you dull in that voice and that urge to kind of slip out of good habits and routine? I think that the best way to do it is by creating intentionality and review in your life. Okay. Uh, the problem is, is I think this is really boring. Mm -hmm. And I say that as somebody who finds it really boring. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because when you're busy doing that, you need to sit down and actually take stock of your day. Um, I was watching an interesting um, kind of YouTube channel on a guy who recorded what he did for every minute of the day for a month. Wow. And, and it, he, so every minute he just wrote down what he did and sometimes it'd be like, I drank coffee. I'm still drinking coffee. Still drinking coffee. And then he went and he reviewed his actions over the course of a month. Okay. And it was fascinating what he picked up on as these are actually what was happening in his habits. Yeah. So he thought that he was a low um, internet shopper and didn't watch a lot of um, Netflix at all. The reality when he tracked every single minute of his day is he realized that he was spending on average double what his grocery bill was on small Amazon purchases, okay. and that he was watching up to three to four hours of Netflix every day. Right. But his perception of his life was yeah. really different. Yes. It, it's, it's, it's in that recording yeah. that we begin to do. Now, most of us are really good at using our calendar, yeah. and this is gonna get really practical, and hopefully this is okay. But we're really good at using our calendar to put in invitational dates, yes. things we've got going on. 
What happens if you took your calendar and you put in what you're doing every 30 minutes of your life? Yes. Waking yes. up, having my coffee and breakfast, going on the treadmill, yes. and then at the end of the day or a week, looking back over that and going, so I know I put on the treadmill that I'm also going to be reading my Bible. Did I do it? And actually track that. Yes. So you can now look and go, okay, I went on the treadmill seven times this week and I read my Bible three times this week. What is it that got in the way and how do I address that? Yes. That's the review part of it. Um, and no one can force you to do that. Yes. It is an intentional thing you have to build in. And, and the reason is, is because you find this picture yes. compelling enough yeah, to want great. to do it. So good. I, I want to be a better father because actually the picture I have of being a great father and seeing my kids thrive is compelling enough for me to go, what will I do now? Will I put the effort in? Will I review it? When I stuff up and we're all going to stuff up, we're all going to mess up. What do I need to change so I can act differently? Amazing. Husband, friend, Christian, someone who wants to go after God, somebody who wants to pray, somebody who wants to read the Bible. Yeah. Um, there is no way to get around the hard work. And I think, though, that anything that's worth doing is going to be hard work. Mm -hmm. And so it's worth the effort. But this has to be... The, this has to compel you. It has to compel you and drive you. I mean, there, we've just had what I would call an official, and we are going to land this plane now, but uh, an official mic drop on oh, yeah? Facebook, right? From Equa, the legend that is oh, Equa. Yeah, right? so this good. is so good. So listen, listen to this. Someone give Equa a microphone. This is so good. good In heaven, God's power is unlimited, but on earth, God's power is manifested to the, the, the degree that we pray. The church Great. prays. And uh, I was just so thinking, you know, in so conclusion great. to this, that like, you know, it's really true that like, w we know we must pray, not because it's just a good and productive thing to do, but actually it advances the cause of heaven on earth. Mm -hmm. You know, when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, he says, your kingdom come on earth yeah. as it is in heaven. And there was a reason that he was encouraging his, his disciples. This is a really helpful prayer to pray uh, because what it's doing, it's align aligning your values system to heaven's value system and it's and it's also creating a pathway i think for god's presence to really be made known on earth um and so i would say to people that actually creating habit and discipline and it almost sounds really controversial to say start small because why wouldn't you start big when it comes to prayer but i would say doing something consistently and we've talked about this before isn't it doing Great. something consistently is better than doing great things for a season. Agreed. You know, um, and, and actually, you know, I was thinking about this occasion where w one of my friends was a street preacher and uh, they would go on the street, soapbox, all this kind of stuff. And to be honest, it, for me, I can see that there's merit in it to a measure, but sometimes I think sometimes street preachers can put more people mm. off than turn people on to the kingdom of God. And I remember talking to him about it and I think someone else said this originally, so I think it's a quote that he just lifted, and it challenged me. He says, I prefer the way I evangelize to the way you don't. Yeah, <laughs> you so, know? Good. And it, and it, so good. So <laughs> good. You know, I prefer the way I evangelize to the way you don't. Ultimately, you can have all sorts of thoughts, philosophies, so and models of prayer, but if I'm doing five minutes a day, the chances are we think we pray more than we actually are. In fact, yeah. one research institute suggested that pastors on average, pray like no more than seven minutes a day. Yeah, it sounds about like right. Like pastors, leaders, right? right? Uh, because they're all about busy doing stuff, yeah. doing stuff, doing stuff. They, they don't actually do the stuff that, which is going to really turn yeah. stuff over. That like creating a habit, whether it's five, ten minutes a day, actually I prefer the way I pray 
than the way I did, yeah. which wasn't fair at all. So good. So rather commit to a series of disciplines, even if they start, you know, incrementally. And of course, that might change, and you may review, and you should review, yeah. right? You should. Re- yeah. How often should you review this stuff? I think that you need to be kind of realistic for your pattern of life. I normally try to do three main reviews. I'll, I'll do probably every two weeks, I review just what I think is happening in my life. Okay. And that shows up a lot of my issues, yeah. which is really exciting. And it's hard to always deal with those. Sometimes it's like, I know it's an issue. I know it's an issue. Yeah. I don't, like it's an issue. <laughs> and then, but it kind of begins to force the next thing. Every about six months or so, I try to do a really kind of in, more in-depth evaluation. This would probably be me thinking about how have things gone with my family? How are things going in my home? How are things going in my spiritual walk? And, and I do it every six months just because in my pattern, yeah. I feel like a six month meter is a good for change to happen. Yeah. Um, where if I was doing it every single like month, I go, it's not, my life isn't exciting enough that yes. a lot enough, enough yeah, has changed. Yeah. Yeah. And then once a year, it's kind of, that's the big review. That's when if, if I'm making massive shifts in my life, that's gonna really emerge. And then I'm getting quite forensic and will really take the time to get into it. Yes. Uh, I know other people who will go day by day and they're reviewing in the, in the evening what their week, what their day's been like and that's setting the agenda for the next day, not just in a productivity sense, but in a, this is the disciplines and habits I need to do. I've never been able to get that to work for me. Yeah. I just don't think a day is long enough for me, so I prefer to extend it out a bit. I do five year. Um, yeah, five yearly. Yeah, five year, five year review. review. And I think that, but I think review <laughs> is, is really important. And I think that the, that, that the, um, the point you're making is, is crucially important. It is if you want to be a strong prayer, you, you have to start. Yeah. It's that decision yeah. and then the discipline. Yeah. And, and, and don't try and be a prayer warrior. Yeah. Just be a prayer. Yeah. And you will become a prayer warrior. Yeah. Yeah. So good. But if you come in thinking you're going to be a prayer warrior, yeah. you will be in what has been my fitness pattern. Yeah. I will do it for a season <laughs> and then I cannot be bothered anymore and I leave it. Yeah. And the reason is, is I'm going too big. This is the reality. I'm going too big. I need to go smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Smaller consistently in the long run will actually change how I am. Um, and I think it's, uh, th- this is true for how we pray or, or read the Bible, but in the prayer season. And I think this is why 24-7 is a unique Come time for you, to yeah, kick, for you to kick in the habit. Yeah. Because there's a level of accountability. You're sticking your name down. You're going to come down to gatherings. Yeah. Now, you may, come to the, you may put your name down and go, okay, cool. And I know I said this last week, but I want to hit it again. Oh, I'm going to do 30 minutes of prayer. I can't do 30 minutes of prayer. Do the same five minutes six times in a row. Yeah. But if you do that every single day for a week, mm. you will begin to get into a new rhythm. Yeah. And you need to keep that discipline going. Yeah. And now what you may do is say to a, a person around you, hey, I, I committed to do this in 24-7 prayer, but I'm just going to tell you I'm going to commit to keep the same pattern. Mm-hmm. And just do your same five minutes six times. That's your 30 minutes done. Mm. And it will be a boring 30 minutes. That's okay. God works really powerfully <laughs> in the boringness of it. He really moves powerfully in the boringness of yeah. it. But what I, I think that if you did that by Friday, you're going to begin to go, I think I'm doing 10 minutes of prayer. What, what you've been doing one minute at five times will become two minutes. You'll begin to go, I've got more to say. Yeah. I've got more that I want to talk to God about and it will begin to increase. But I think there is a unique opportunity opening up in 24-7 yeah, I agree. to begin to kickstart a habit um, that will change your life. And that's the most important thing. 
I think all of our practical life habits have a massive impact on the life we're living right now. But really sorting out our spiritual habits extends way beyond just this so momentary life. Um, but part of me really feels like if you can become somebody who's praying, who's reading the Bible, some of the other habits that are just practical everyday life habits will begin to be pulled into line Come on. because of what God is doing in you. And I, I find this really challenging because I find God challenging me all the time about my health. And it's not because I'm living this big habit of health. It's because I'm building in these other spiritual habits that begin to outline how poor my health is. Yeah. Um, and that's a painful place to be, but it's the reality. And I think when you address some of the spiritual habits in your life and you go, I'm going to really work hard on these, some of the smaller habits, spending habits, home habits, health habits, mm-hmm. all of the stuff that everybody else in the world would go, just focus on these things. Yeah. You will begin to focus on them, but it won't so be good. driven out of a selfish, I just want to be better. So it will good. come out of God going, you have to be better because I believe you are way yeah. more than this. There's some really great comments in the chat rooms and you guys can read them for yourselves. But Josh Goldenberg says that like, you want to build a strong house, starts with a strong foundation. Yeah. Great. Um, Really good. I also like what Naomi Crab put. It was quite, uh, quite. It was quite vulnerable of her to put it, but I thought it was funny as well. Uh, she said that you know, um, habit stacking. Is it Matt? Is it? Yeah. Oh, it's Matt. Is it? Oh, okay, fine. Matt Crab, right? Habit stacking apparently prays as he oh, exercises. Yeah, sorry, that might not be. Okay, it's Naomi Crab apparently. <laughs> what is wrong with you today, woman? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Come on. Seriously, my gosh. <laughs> Bring Adam back. Yeah. <laughs> no. So Naomi says that like she, she prays when she exercises. Incidentally, she says, if you see her starting to put on weight, you know her prayer life is going down. <laughs> Which I thought was quite funny. Yeah, right? that's very funny. Now, now, I hope you've been blessed by this. You know, at Sunny Hill, we love to inspire people. I think that's one of the callings on our life, on our existence and my life and my ministry is I want to motivate and inspire people. Um, and I think prayer is one of those things where we've heard a thousand preaches and we've left motivated and it's really cool. But over the last couple of weeks, intentionally, we wanted to get really clinical about it and we really wanted to try and help people understand that it isn't always a hot tub. Sometimes it's an ice bath. It isn't always warm and fuzzy. Sometimes it's just a discipline, a cold, hard discipline that we push through. But because we see the value, because we have a vision we commit to a series of habits that are going to lead us to the preferred future in God. And I really challenge you, and I just want to, like, as Richard's already brilliantly kind of connected the two, as we prepare for 24-7, to think about ordering our private world. That's a famous book, right, from the 80s, 90s. Bringing order to the things in our life that are really going to add value, not just for the life that we have now, but the one that we're going to inherit eternally. And just to remind you of Paul's work, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Great. Promising benefits in the life and the life to come. So today we've made the connection between physical training and spiritual training. Uh, but ultimately, spiritual training trumps every other kind of discipline because ultimately it speaks to your soul and it edifies you from the inside out. And it really sets you up for a life of effectivity. And not just that, but intimacy with the Father. Great. So I really want to challenge you. If you haven't read Dangerous Prayers by Craig Rochelle, you know, we've been starting to hear reports trickle back into the office of people who have been reading it and are saying it's rocked their world and they've really Amazing. been blessed by it. Uh, we're going to be continuing up until 24-7 a series on prayer. But um, these last two weeks have been much more about habit forming. And Great. we hope that they've been a blessing to you. I've been challenged. I've been provoked. I've been offended. Yeah. So Richard, thank you so much. No, thank Everyone you. Everyone at home. So good. Give him a clap.